illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic limit immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How you doing, Beach? 32 tacos today, Billy. 32, that's impressive. So what's your average price per taco? 32. 32 cents? 32, 32 tacos, 32 cents. Nice. So mm-hmm. if you go to 33, it'll go to go down by a penny. I think so, yeah. We're down to pretty, you know, when you when you start off, it like it like gets cut down quickly. But then yeah. when you start getting to the end, it's it's a struggle to, to get the to get the, the, the pin to move. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, yeah, so got my taco today. So continuing my Doritos Locos uh, Supreme with no tomatoes. It's kind of what I do. Why no tomatoes? Tomatoes are good. I hate tomatoes, dude. You know this, don't you? Ever since the incident with mom. Well, yeah. Her, uh, yeah, I remember that. I, I, I hold a... Uh, I, I, like, hold, I like tomatoes I hold, despite her. Yeah, I like tomatoes despite that. People don't know when we were kids, one night at dinner, mom just sliced up some raw tomato and put it on her plate. She didn't like tomatoes. And yeah. I don't know why she did it other than she was just angry at us for one reason or another. Yeah. And made us eat damn tomatoes. And so. it was a big beef steak and it was like freaking an inch thick. Yeah. Put it on the plate and said, you're eating it. And boy, that did wonders, didn't it, mom? We, <laughs> we gagged through that dang thing. I, I God, I think I, 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 Oh God. Despite that, I so, like tomatoes now. I won't do them. I, I'll do salsa. And I mean, I don't, but like, I can't stand chunky. Like, what is it? There's a pizza place uh, that makes really chunky sauce. I can't stand chunky pizza sauce. I can't stand chunky um, um, salsa. I like finely chopped up and uh, I won't do hunks of tomato. It's just gross. Yeah. 
I like tomato. I, I not, won't eat it by itself, but I like it on stuff. Mm. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting and stupid every week. If you would like to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on X, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, most other podcatchers. Please leave us a rating and review if you can. And you know what, Beach? What? I forgot to look at our email. Ooh, well, please, because maybe somebody cares enough to write something to us. Anybody? Anybody? Nope. Bueller? Bueller? Nope. We got three emails from Oregon State. Oregon State writes us emails? Well, one that says Let's the Beavers some... win, and one that says final hours, free shipping, and the other one that says Layered looks to fall in love with. Oh, okay. I figured it was like so just, just ads, really. So yeah. they don't I, I really love like, us. Yeah, I figured it was like cease and desist. You know, you have no rights. You know, you're disparaging our university. Yeah, it's like that. I don't even anyway. have an email from Kyle. So I just. Well, what the hell? How how are we gonna do this? I don't know. Well, I sent him a I sent him a text just now. So. Okay. But while we're waiting on that, how about we talk a little bit of Beaver Sports News, Beej? As long as it doesn't involve ties or butts. Unless those butts are in a nice pair of tight shorts. Okay. Well, Beach, the Oregon State volleyball team took on Colorado on Friday night and fell in a five-set match. <laughs> nice nice use of your transitions. What do they call that? Is that what, What's and? And, but, nor. Are those? Well, when and, we, we but, were in score, they were boys fan words. Boys fan words? Yeah. But, or, yet, so, for, and, and nor. And, but, nor, they get you pretty far. <laughs> well, Beach, 32 errors cost the Beavers, with exactly half of them coming in the final two sets, as they could not hold off the Buffaloes from coming back. And then on Sunday, Beach, despite battling... On their back. Hold on, they came on their back? Okay, Kim Kardashian. On Sunday's contest, despite battling back to force a decisive fifth set, the Oregon State volleyball team fell to Utah 3-2. to Peyton Seuss and Michael Vernon led the offense with a combined 41 kills, while Amanda Burns contributed with 24 assists and Ryan White paced the defense with 24 digs. The Beavs are 9-15 overall, 4-10 in the pack, and will head south to the Bay Area for the next two matches, starting a stretch of four on the road. On Thursday, OSU will meet Cal for a 7 p.m. match. Um, that one against the Golden Bears is set to be seen on Pat 12 Network's Bay Area. So, yes, I'm sitting, I'm sitting at the bar on Saturday watching okay. the game. Right? Okay. So we're not watching the game. I get there a little bit early, put some money down on the Beavers, go to the bar, go watch the, wait for the game to start. I'm about maybe 45 minutes before, right? Mm-hmm. And on the Pac-12 Network, they're playing a Oregon State Colorado game, one of those ones in sixty. Oh yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm jumping like, what the hell are they playing? Then all of a sudden I realize it's like from 2018, right? Okay. And so seven o'clock rolls around and they're not changing the televisions over. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you people? And so I, I look at the, the, it wasn't the bartender. It was actually like the manager guy. Cause he was in a suit mm-hmm. and I'm like, 
and I, and I wasn't a jerk. I'm like, you know, could you, could you change the channels over to the game? And he's like, when I have a moment. And I'm like, it's a freaking sports bar. That kind of should be your priority here. You know, as far as I'm concerned, that's kind of why people are in that bar. And so five minutes later, he walks around with his little iPad. He proceeds to change every television over except the one that's right in front of my chair. Like, like I'm right on the main part of the bar. I'm like, and, and I, I moved, I just moved my stuff and sat over on the side of the other side of the bar. And uh, then the bartender looked at me and said something. And I said, well, I said, I don't know if your, your, uh, your boss is, is just stupid or a jackass, but it's one of the two. <laughs> so, so then later, because it kept confusing people because then they played on the Pac-12, they played another 60 minute Colorado, Oregon state game. And so like there are people be sitting there. I'm like, yeah, that ain't the game. Like, what? I'm like, that ain't the game. This is the game. It's on ESPN, not on the Pac-12 network. So anyway, freaking dipshit. Yeah, what a dick. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? Should, you know, you 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 way to be the big man there. Why don't you just turn the freaking television? Yeah. You know, and it's not like he was making drinks or anything, right? It wasn't like. Well, then the bartender. I made some other comment. The bartender's like, I'm busy. I'm like, oh, great. Nope. Doesn't sound like you want a tip. Yeah. So anyway. <sighs> all righty well, she said you just said hey busy i'm brian can i get that right now exactly the lady there was nice but the uh the um the dude with the earring and the tattoo and the bald head was was kind of a jackass mm. all right well how about we move into some women's soccer beach yes butts and shorts and on friday it was civil war at lorenz field nice how'd it turn out well, how do I get around this? I can't use butt. Not supposed to use butt. Conjunction, uh, junction. Okay, Beach. Well, the Oregon State, Oregon State women's soccer team took on them damn dirty ducks of Oregon in Civil War at Lorenz Field Friday night. Uh huh. And beat the hell out of them bastards two to nothing. Nice. The bees dominated the contest from start to finish. Ending the night with a whopping 31 shots, Megan Turry netted her second goal of the season to open the score in the first half, and Katie Godden scored her first goal of the campaign in the second 45 minutes to secure the win. Now, before the game, Oregon State honored 10 players as part of its Senior Day ceremony as the program recognized Regan Berg, Helena Brown, Jazzy Campbell, Haley Cole, Caroline Duncan, Skylar Herrera, Aubrey Rashid, Maddie Teets, Valerie Tobias and Anna Wagner in a pregame ceremony. The bees finished the season four, eight and seven overall one, six and four in the pac 12. But in my book, it was a damn great season because they won that fricking civil war. Absolutely. Absolutely. The season can be considered a success. And, and that will be the, uh, that will be the last, uh, civil war. Yep. Soccer. See you, bitches. Yep. <laughs> Leave on a high note. All right. Uh, men's soccer beach. There's There was no games this last weekend, but they will take on Washington in Seattle on Thursday at 7. Okay. The cross-country women are heading to the NCAA West Regionals. That will happen Saturday the 10th. Okay. <laughs> How about some wrestling news? 
Ooh, yes. How are we doing in wrestling? Well, Beach, the 20th ranked Oregon State wrestling team opened the 2023-24 season with a 3-0 day in the Carolina Duels in North Carolina, taking down the hosts, number 25 North Carolina, and two other sweeps. Five Beavers, Kakana Ferret, Boone McDermott, Murphy Menke, Trey Munoz, and Noah Tolatino turned in the unblemished 3-0 records after the first day. And wrapping up the first weekend of action of the season on the East Coast, Oregon State Wrestling Team had 12 end-of-the-day with podium finishes, including four champions at the Southeast Open. Gabe Weisenhunt, Trey Munoz both ran the table and took down ranked opposition on the way to individual crowns on the afternoon. Travis Whitlake and Mason Reineke, who was competing unattached, were named co-champions at 174 after agreeing to a no contest in the championship. So... One was wrestling for the Beavs. One was wrestling as unattached, so his points didn't count for the school. Okay. But, but they both won their bracket and would have met in the finals, and so they just decided we don't need to wrestle each other. We do that every day in practice. Why, why was he doing unattached? Because he still wanted to wrestle. Because you can only yeah, because they wanted him to wrestle, but they can only have so many guys wrestling for the team. Gotcha. Um, Oregon State will return to action on November nineteenth when they travel to eighth-ranked Iowa for a duel with the Hawkeyes. The first bout from Carver Hawkeye Arena is slated for 10 a.m. and can be seen on Big Ten Network. They're traveling some distances for these. Uh, well, problem with these, uh, problem with wrestling is there's not a lot of schools that compete in wrestling. Interestingly enough, just about every school in the Big Ten competes in wrestling. But guess who doesn't? That's awesome. Oregon, USC. I don't think UCLA wrestles, and I don't think Washington wrestles. Really? Yep. Hmm. None of those schools have wrestling teams. Ironic. All right, Beach. Um, let's move on to a little bit of women's and men's basketball. The Oregon State women will open up the 2023-24 uh, season on Monday, which will be yesterday. I was hearing this. We're recording this on Sunday. Uh, they played mm-hmm. Arkansas Pine Bluff at 5.30. And then the uh, men's team actually opened up the day at 2.30, taking on Linfield. Okay. Yes, please. You hear that? I do. Just one second here. Hold on. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. U of O student workers vote to unionize. Oh, geez. University of Oregon student workers have voted to unionize for better pay, a two-week pay period, and better protections against workplace harassment. After years of effort, the University of Oregon student workers have voted to unionize. Of nearly 4,000 eligible workers, over 1,000, 25%, participated in a vote to certify the union through the Oregon Employment Relations Board with an overwhelming 97% voting in favor. We're so grateful to every organizer, every student worker who voted, said Carolyn Roderick, a senior at U of O, who has been helping to organize union efforts. It takes a lot of courage to sign a union card. It takes a lot of courage to vote in an election that you may not know what the outcome is. Isn't that That's every election. election. If you know what the outcome of the election is going to be, that's a fraudulent election. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah. So, Rodrigue, 
who uses she and they pronouns, but I think she was born with a vagina. She said they weren't necessarily surprised by the outcome as efforts to unionize have received significant support from student workers and other local unions. While there are a number of issues they're hoping to change through bargaining, Rodrigue said there are three main ones for now. Higher pay, two-week pay periods, better protections against workplace harassment. Currently, U of O students, as well as staff, are paid monthly. It can be a challenge for students who rent. Rodrigue said higher pay and two-week pay periods would make a huge difference for many student workers. Yeah, I'd like to point out the obvious there again. She's really grabbing at straws. This is Rodrigue's third year as a residential assistant. She has paid $165 a week, which was an improvement from about $100 last year and receives free housing. Rodrigue said this compensation is still not enough. She has a second job to help pay for necessities. She's a freaking RA. How hard is that? Anyway, Rodrigue believes that once certified, UOSW will be the largest university to unionize its undergraduate student workers in the country. You know, my, my old boss, uh, uh, Jim Buck, or who I like to refer to as James, Tiber- James Di- Tiberius Buck, he told me one time, any employer who has unionized employees deserves it. This has been your Heiner Tailgater update from Eugene. You know... If you wanted two-week pay periods, why don't you just go to the the administration and say, we'd like two-week pay periods? So you're going to pay the student workers completely different than the entire rest of the university. Mm-hmm. But if you, if that's you how that's to, how the university pays, is monthly. Yeah, but if you wanted two-week pay periods, why don't you ask them to do two-week pay periods? Because now you got a union involved, so now you're going to be giving up a portion of your wage so somebody else can tell them to give you two-week pay periods. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand why you need a third party involved in negotiating something. Well, I don't understand why they think they should get two-week pay periods. I didn't realize that people were still on monthly pay schedules. Yeah, the university's been like that forever. Really? Because yeah. most, most private employers... They're not private. Employees. I know, I know, but most private employers are every two weeks. They're the state. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt the state pays monthly. Yeah, funny how they can mandate other people to pay, but they don't follow their same rules. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, good luck but, with that. You get what yeah, you, you yeah. get what you voted for. Yep. You know what? It's easy to get a union in. It's sure hard to get rid of them. Yeah, especially when they start taking money out of your pocket. Yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen is, is as this goes on, they'll just hire less and less. Yeah. 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 Employees. Yeah. So. Um. So hope that works out for him. Good luck. Dumb we'll see how we'll see how that works out for him, Cotton. <laughs> it's a bold strategy. Let's see how it works out for him, Cotton. <laughs> All right, Beach. Well, after that, are you ready to go under further review for week number ten in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown. Yes. All righty. All right, heading into the week, you were at 40 out of 58. Kyle, mm-hmm. I hate you, Kyle. You still haven't texted us back. We're at 43 out of 58, and I was at 45 out of 58. Mm-hmm. We had five games we picked on the week. First, all the games were on Saturday, November 4th. All right, Beach. 
Well, Utah quarterback Bryson Barnes passed for 161 yards and a career-high four touchdowns, and Jaquindon Jackson rushed 13 times for 111 yards to lead number 18 Utah past Arizona State 55-3 on Saturday. Barnes, who also ran for 56 yards, threw his last touchdown strike to Landon King with 12.59 left and took the rest of the game off. Now, Barnes connected on seven of his first eight passes to lead the Utes to touchdowns on their first two drives. Both were capped with scoring, dry, scoring passes to Devon Valley. Now, the win kept Utah in the race for the third straight Pac-12 championship. The loss was Arizona State's worst in its Pac-12 history. Now, Arizona wow. State was missing its top four offensive tackles against the Utes, who thrive on quarterback pressures and sacks. The Sun Devils' beach gained 83 yards of total offense, their second worst mark in school history. 83 yards of offense. They just got thumped on both sides. They just got thumped. They just got thumped. And I think they were on their fourth string quarterback. It was just bad. So their offense sucked. Their defense sucked. Yep. And Utah, which is not a scoring machine, scored 55 points. Wow. Yeah. Good team, though. Good team. Yeah. And and in in general, the the right team won that. I mean, theoretically, yeah. Utah was the better team anyway, but probably not as good as the uh, score showed. Just based upon well, injuries are part of the game, though. Yep. All right, so we all got a point on that one, Billy. So what? Correct. Yeah, Cal at Oregon. Is that right? Yes, Cal at Oregon. Or uh, who'd we all take? Pay a beach. We we all re- reluctantly picked the Ducks. Only because we think they win, we still think they suck balls. Oregon quarterback Bo Nix threw four touchdown passes and ran for two more scores, and number six Oregon recovered from some early mistakes to pull away from Cal 63-19 on Saturday. Now, Nix completed 29 of 38 passes for 238 yards. He had a pair of one-yard touchdown runs. Tez Johnson caught 12 passes for a career-high 180 yards and two scores, and the Ducks remain undefeated at Autzen Stadium. Now, for Cal, Jaden Ott ran for 93 yards and a touchdown for the Golden Bears. Noel Williams scored on a fumble return, and Mateen Bagnani made two field goals. Now, Beach, Nix's first pass of the game was intercepted, but Cal turned it back over um, on that same drive when Bagnani Nini's attempted 40-yard field goal was blocked by Kyrie Jackson and run back to the Cal 10 by Jaleel Florence. Wow. So Nix's pass was intercepted. Cal got just a couple yards. They attempted a field goal. It was blocked and returned back to the 10. But, Beej, that was nullified when the Ducks were ruled offside and hit with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, putting Cal on the Oregon 9. Really? Yeah. And then Cal went on to score first. Well, it's a shame they didn't win. No, excuse me, excuse me. Then, so, they blocked the the field goal, run it back, but they were offsides, and they were called for sideline interference. What happened? Well, a lot of times you'll hear they'll give a warning on the sideline. Yeah. This one, the players ran out and took and, like, collided with the official who was running down the sideline. And Seriously? so that's an auto- Yeah. So it's an automatic penalty. There's no warning at that point. Yeah. And did you see the, did you see it? Did he, did they, were they in the way? I wasn't the- watching it. I was listening to it on the radio 
and their announcer basically said, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're not going to get just a warning on that one. <laughs> so then, Beach, so then Cal's got the ball on the nine-yard line. Uh-huh. Quarterback Fernando Mendoza's subsequent first down pass was intercepted in the end zone. So they get the ball in the 20, but then they end up with a couple of penalties, and it's uh-huh. second and 37. Uh-huh. And that was caught by Johnson for a 48-yard touchdown. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was it just it like was it, it was a it, it was just a mess. Yeah, sounds sounds like uh, penalties were not in the Ducks' favor, but still, but they still, still didn't overcame. help Cal enough yeah. to win. Yeah. So, okay. Beach, we all got the win there. Mm-hmm. Next up, Washington at USC. Now, this one's interesting because I picked the Huskies and you guys picked the Troy. Yes. Do you know how the game ended? Yeah. Uh, Washington won, but it was, it was tight. Yes. Washington running back Dylan Johnson rushed for 256 yards and four touchdowns. Michael Penix Jr. Passed for 256 yards and two scores and number five, Washington stayed perfect with a 25 to 42 victory over number 24 USC. Devin Culp and Jalen Polk caught TD passes from Penix who also rushed for a score while the Huskies won a high octane thriller featuring two elite offenses and two deficient defenses. Now Washington won by scoring the game's final 10 points and shutting out USC in the fourth quarter. Now Johnson had the biggest rushing performance in Washington history and its first 200 yard game or four TD game since 2017. The Huskies racked up 572 total yards around him, making nine pass plays covering at least 15 yards apiece and nine runs of at least 10 yards. Now for USC, Caleb Williams passed for 312 yards and three touchdowns for the Trojans, who have now lost three of their last four to derail their championship hopes. And did you see after the game, Beach, uh, Caleb Williams ran into the stand, jumped up, looks like in his mom's arms, and covered his face and was just balling. Really? Yeah. yeah. They, they they anticipated going to the Pac-12 championship, huh? I think they anticipated going to the Pac-12 championship. I think they anticipated going to the uh, college football playoff. I think they anticipated a lot of things. So are they out completely now? Pretty much. With three losses, yeah, you're not going to the college football playoff. Who did they lose to? They lost to Notre Dame. They lost to Washington, and they lost to Arizona. Who'd they lose to first? Do you remember? Utah. Utah. Yep, Utah. So they've got two losses in the Pac-12. Yep. But the problem is their losses are to two teams that have better record or same records or better records than them, correct? Correct. They are pretty much done. Because Utah – has two, but they would go over. Yep, they would go and over so would Washington. Washington. Yeah, and Oregon also is is above them, and therefore, the, no, tied. they they haven't played well. Yeah, Oregon's only got one loss, and they have to play USC yet. Yeah, yeah. So, but, um, okay. Well, we'll go through that once we're done with this. Kind of go through the lineup. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. pulling that up right now. So when we talk about it, we'll all be ready. Okay. All right, Beach. So I got the point. You did get a point there. But I got the point. Nobody else got a point, did they, Billy? Nope. Um, Next up, we have Stanford at Washington State. 
And Kyle picked Stanford on this one. You and I both picked the dogs. You mean the Cougs? I'm sorry, the Cougs. Forgive me. Sorry. Well, Beach. I've been I've been hitting the 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 wacky tobacco. I took a ride, <laughs> road trip down to Eugene today. Anyway, uh, well, as as compared to the last one, that was what fifty two to forty two. Stanford yeah. and Washington State didn't score as many points. <laughs> battle of the bottom, battle of the toilet bowl here. The Stanford kicker Joshua Cardi hit the go ahead field goal with less than six minutes left, and the Stanford defense shut out Washington State in the second half in a gritty ten to seven victory on Saturday night. What happened to Wazoo? I don't know. The Cardinals snapped a six-game losing streak to the Cougs in the last Pac-12 conference matchup between these longtime foes. Now, Washington State lost its fifth straight game after starting the season 4-0 and reaching number 13 in the AP Top 25. After a quiet three quarters, Stanford wide receiver Alec Aomainer caught a key 30-yard pass on third down, and Cardinal backup quarterback Justin Lamson converted a fourth and one to set up Cardi's 31-yard field goal with 5.56 remaining. Now, the Cardinal forced a three and out on the Cougars' ensuing possession and insulted the way of the game with a 10-play drive. Stanford quarterback Ashton Daniels was 15 of 31 passing for 115 yards. Sam Roush had seven catches for 61 yards, including a crucial 27-yard grab on a fake reverse pass from Lamson. I love a good fake reverse pass. Oh, fake, fake reverse, reverse pass. pass. Yeah. Yeah. I do not know what the hell happened to Washington state because they could not miss when the beeves played them. Mm-hmm. And since then they can't do anything right. I figured at least being at home and playing Stanford. Yeah. They would win that game, but no, yeah, they, they just look terrible. I mean, if you're only scoring 10 points against Stanford, there's something wrong with you. They didn't score 10 or points. Seven. They scored seven. seven. They're only scoring seven. Yeah, if you're only scoring one touchdown. so Seven points. It's just ridiculous. That's sad. So Kyle got the win there. Good for Kyle. Last up, Beach, we had UCLA at Arizona. And uh, both Kyle and I picked Arizona. You picked uh, you picked UCLA. How'd that go? Well, with quarterback Ethan Garbers and Dante Moore both injured, Colin Schley took over quarterback late in the fourth quarter for UCLA but couldn't move the offense as the Bruins lost to Arizona for the second straight season, 27-10. Now, Garbers completed 13 of 21 passes for 143 yards and a touchdown before leaving early in the fourth quarter because of an apparent right leg or foot injury. Now, Carson Steele rushed for 38 yards on eight carries. For Arizona, quarterback Noah Fafita completed 15 of 32 passes for 300 yards and three touchdowns with one interception. Now, UCLA could never find its rhythm on offense. It was limited to 271 yards, and on defense, UCLA struggled giving up 130 rushing yards after allowing just 49 in the two previous games. Mm. So I, I expected more out of that defense, but obviously not. Yeah. So... Yeah, UCLA just looked terrible, too. So you and Kyle got the win there. So it's tightening up, Beach. You, you and Kyle are tied. We are tied at 47 out of 63, and you and are at 44 out of 63. So I'm not totally out of it yet. I'm, 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 I'm within striking distance. I'm, I'm the, it could be a spoiler. You never know. 
All right. But let's talk about the last game of the week, Beach, Oregon State at Colorado. I ex- I expected more from I mean, I know we won the game. I just we don't seem to have a lot of excitement on away games. <laughs> no. I told you that last week. It looks like a completely yeah. different team when they're out there. No, and it just seemed there was there was no they were playing, but there was there's a lack of fire. Just, you don't see the passion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Beach, Oregon State quarterback DJ Uyunglele threw for a touchdown and ran for another, and Oregon State's swarming defense held Sador Sanders to 240 yards passing, including just 41 in the first half. And the 16th-ranked Beavs won 26-19 over fading Colorado on Saturday night. Now, Sanders, who entered the game as the nation's second-leading passer with an average of 337 yards a game, repeatedly limped to the sideline and even to the locker room late in the third quarter after taking a beating for a second straight week behind a porous offensive line. And in the midst of a switch of play colors that was slow to produce a meaningful change. Now, the Beavs started slowly, but picked up steam with a pair of touchdown drives spanning halftime, including uh, DJ's 20-yard toss to Deshaun Fenwick with 16 seconds left in the first half. Now, for Colorado Beads, um, they called pass plays on first and second down from their inside their own four-yard line with under a minute left. And there was incompletions, and the Beavs got the ball back at the Colorado 20-yard line following a three-and-out punt and Anthony Gould's 28-yard return. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what uh, allowed the Bees to get a 14-3 to halftime lead. And that was a beautiful pass by DJ to Fenwick. Yes, uh, that was just That was just on a rope. Now, Beeves, after stuffing Colorado on the opening drive after halftime, the Beeves went 85 yards with DJ scoring on a one-yard keeper. Now, Atticus Sampington... Extra point made it 21 to three, but the buffs were offsides and Oregon state, Jonathan Smith and Oregon state coach, Jonathan Smith decided to go for two instead that backfired when Uyunglele fumbled the snap and cornerback Kendrick Breedlove scooped it up and ran it the other way for Colorado's first defensive conversion for a two points since 1991 against Nebraska. It always seems like a lot of work for two points. It does, because you got to basically go, you know, 97 yards to get two points. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, you always told me, it's it's funny, Billy, I, I will quote you on occasion on, on certain things in my life, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, don't cross-contaminate uh, poultry and stuff like that. But uh, but uh, the uh, the one thing you always said is never take points off the board. Yeah. And I remember one time Chip Kelly did that, and you said that was stupid. You know, you don't take points off the board. You you get the field goal, you take the field goal, even if there was something. And and I guess if if you're behind and you need a make up, I guess I could see it. Well, and basically they have analytics, so they've gone through and analyzed stuff, you know, with spreadsheets and things. Mm-hmm. And so at that point. That penalty, it gives you half the distance to the goal. So you got the ball on the one and a half yard line. Yeah. Do you still, you know, you have the potential to get the ball on the one and a half yard line. That says take the ball and go for two. Mm-hmm. And what happened was about the worst thing that could happen, right? A bad snap. Yeah. Bad snap over his head, mm-hmm. you know, because it hit him up by the shoulder. So, yeah. 
Now, Beach, in that game, the Beavs finished with 195 yards on the ground, which would have been actually over 200, except for the Beavs taking a couple kneel downs and losing about five yards. Mm -hmm. The Buffs beat finished with minus seven yards rushing. Wow. The Beavs also forced two fumbles and had four sacks. I didn't realize Sanders. uh, So Sanders plays both sides of the ball. No, there's two Sanders. Oh, okay. Two sons. Oh, really? Both are his sons? Yeah. There's uh, Uh, Shadur, who plays quarterback, and Shiloh, who's a defensive back. Okay, okay. And I, but I didn't realize how uh, how good the quarterback actually is. He's pretty good, but he needs time. Mm-hmm. What what uh, what 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 grade is he? I think he's a junior, junior or sophomore. I can't remember which. Hmm. So yeah, it was just tough. It was tough on them. It was tough to watch for the Beavs because the game was just so damn inconsistent. Yeah, that's it. just well, like I said, lack of lack of passion, lack of fire on our end. Yeah, and just so. no no flow with the pay, play calling. It just it was just very inconsistent, hard to watch. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping uh, next week is better. I know uh, Ginger was texting me during the game. She goes, "This this game is annoying." You know, I'm like, "Yeah, it, it kind of is because there's just no flow to it." No, when you felt like we should be. We should be scoring more than what we were doing. Yeah, especially when through three quarters of that game, Colorado only had seventy-eight yards. Yeah. Now they yeah. ended up they ended up with two seventy something, but that was because they had a you know a few passing plays. Oh, and on that one touchdown they scored, that actually is the one that you lost your bet on. Mm-hmm. How do they not call offensive pass interference on that one? That was such a push off. Oh, absolutely. That they, they, they got, they ended up scoring on the very next play. But the reason why they were down there was because of that massive push off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just want to see the beeves just finish the game. Although I have to say, I was watching some post game um, press conferences. They were, the OSU defense was gassed playing at that altitude. Oh, really? They were just exhausted. Oh, yeah. But, but I, I will make one comment. They're tackling for the most part. Much better. much better. Yeah. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. Yep, much better uh, than we've seen. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're roping them up. They're, they're grabbing for them. They're not just expecting their, their 210 pound frame to knock them down. They're actually roping them up. Yep. So. All righty beach. Well, uh, good. No matter what, I'll take an ugly win over a pretty loss any day. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to the pack 12 in the polls. They came out on Sunday. In the AP poll, Washington came in at number five. Oregon State, or Oregon at six, so they they remained where they were. Oregon State moved all the way up to number 12. Utah is up to 13. And Arizona entered the polls at number 23, with USC and UCLA and the others receiving votes category. So USC, I think, has beaten three straight ranked opponents. Did you hear Hold me? Hold on. Who has? You, uh, Arizona. Arizona has. Yeah, they yeah, beat they beat Washington West. State, who was ranked at the time. They beat mm-hmm. Oregon State, who was ranked, and they beat UCLA, who was ranked. Mm. Pretty impressive. Yeah. In the coaches' poll, Washington again stayed at five. Oregon at six. Oregon State is back up to thirteen. Utah at fourteen. Arizona at twenty-four, and USC and UCLA 
are in the others receiving votes category. And Beach, I didn't uh, talk about this when we talked about USC. Today, USC fired their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch. Mm. Kind of knew it was coming as, as horrible as that defense was played all year. I've been saying that for the last few weeks. They don't have any defense. Their defense is bad. I'm still just shocked that the, the player literally ran up into the stands and hugged his mom and cried. Yeah, did you see that? No, you were telling me. I'm just a little shocked. Yeah, yeah you should but see I'd... it. Now, Beach, um, last week, we don't have the new college football uh, playoff polls yet. Well, you know, it's it's a shame that USC changed those rules because otherwise, you know, they might have had a shot over Utah. Yep. Maybe. Yep. But it goes to the two top teams in the conference now. Yep. Shouldn't have changed the rules. Comes back to bite you in the ass. Yep. Fuckers. Yeah, so, what? so uh, they put out the first college football playoff rankings. Now, we're going to talk about last week's. Obviously, Oregon State will move up when they come out on Monday evening. But as of right now, Washington is at five, Oregon at six, Oregon State at 16, Utah at 18, UCLA 19, USC 20. So we will expect um, Oregon State and Utah to move up because mm-hmm. number nine and number 12 and number 14 and number 15 all lost in front of in front of them. So I would figure the beef should be up to like that 12, 13 spot again. Okay. Um, now what, how many teams go into the, into the playoffs this year? Just four. Okay. So you gotta be in that top four. And so even if the, even if Oregon state takes the PAC 12 championship, theoretically, I mean, just by chance, there's no way they get in the, into the, uh, not necessarily. It all depends. It all depends. Um, Oregon State will probably be um, either the first or second highest rated two loss team, mm-hmm. right? But there's still more losses to go around. Yes. So you know, Michigan has to play Ohio State. Georgia has to play Alabama. You know, there's there's still some 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 games left to be played. The one that's looking pretty good is Florida State. With, with their remaining schedule. They got a pretty easy schedule. Uh, who do they've got left? They've got, um, <clears throat> they are at, uh, at their home versus Miami home versus North Alabama. And then at Florida. Okay. So they got to be feeling pretty good. I mean, none of those teams are ranked. Miami's had some big screw ups. I don't even know what Florida's, uh, record is right now. Are they five and four? Yeah, they're five and four. Can we go through the Pac-12 real quick? Uh, okay. Um, what do you want to know? Uh, wh- where's our rankings at? Washington's at the top. Okay, let me pull it up here. Uh, what are they? So nothing. Uh, Washington is at the top at six and zero. Oh. Okay. Oregon is at number two at five and one. Okay. USC is at number three at five and two. And then you have Arizona, Oregon State, and Utah all at four and two. USC has played an extra game already. So is Stanford. Okay. They're the only teams that have already played seven games. Okay. So Arizona, you said Arizona, OSU, and Utah are all at four and two? Are all at four and two. Okay. And Utah and Arizona still have to play. Okay. 
So that's going to knock one of them below, just depending how the rest of it goes. So Arizona is actually ahead of us then because we lost to them on a direct head to head. Well, yeah, but we beat Utah. Okay. But and, they have, and Utah but hasn't played Arizona yet. Okay. So, and at that point, since they don't have any head to heads between all of them, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't, I don't know how that would be, how that would be, uh, adjudicated there about who would actually go first. It doesn't matter because they still have to play each other in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, there's more losses to be handed out. Yeah. So, but uh, if the Beavs went out, they're still looking pretty. They're, the Beavs still control their own destiny. If we went out, we're looking at probably number two. Probably. Yeah. So that's all you need. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. Well, it is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And, Beach. <laughs> Just because I just think this whole thing is a giant shit show, we're just going to give this whole thing to the Michigan football program. But they do. This this whole cheating scandal. I don't know about this cheating scandal. What's oh, you're scandal? serious? No, I haven't heard about this. Oh, my Lord. But you haven't heard about this? I don't watch the news. Well, I mean, I listen to political news. I listen to, to you know, but I don't listen to a lot of sports news. Well, Beach, a couple weeks ago, an independent group went to the NCAA and said they had video and electronic evidence of a widespread cheating scandal going on at the University of Michigan football program. Now, in the NCAA, it is against the rules to scout your opposition in person. You're not allowed to send somebody to an opponent's game and scout in okay. person because they have extensive video exchanging programs, right? So they mm-hmm. film all the games and they exchange them. Yeah. And each so you watch films, but you're not allowed to have somebody there. You're not allowed to have somebody there. And you know, you're getting the same film that the team uses to break down their own play. Right. And so you get the films and every school has a film department and they can break down opponents' films into whatever they want. They can put all yeah. the run plays together. They can put all the pass plays together. They can put down anything first down, second and long, third and short, fourth down. You know what I mean? They can mm-hmm. break it down, and they can study it and see tendencies. You don't need to send anyone a person. It is actually against the rules. It is also against the rules to electronically film an opponent's sideline. So they this were filming the sidelines so, so they this could know the command. Independent could... group, this independent investigative firm uh-huh. went and has supposedly has footage of uh, a, a, a guy that has since resigned on the or uh, the Michigan football program named, I believe, Connor Stallions. And uh-huh. they have footage of him in the stands. Filming the opponent's sideline. Not Please. only that, 
they found out that he has bought numerous tickets to games of opponents in his own name and then would transfer them to other people. Those tickets would always be in a certain location. Sometimes, if it just happened to be a a game where Michigan would play both teams, he'd buy two tickets, one on each side of the field, in about the same location. Really? Yes. And then uh, it came out that TCU last year was warned, hey, because they're trying to steal signs. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to steal signs. So last year, TCU was warned before their college football playoff game that Michigan was doing this. So they came up with a bunch of dummy signs and changed everything and just happened to beat Michigan in the college football playoff, much to most people's surprise. Uh. And uh, I've since seen, like, you can see there's this video of this Connor Stallions on the sideline with, like, a big, you know, clipboard in front of him looking at stuff when Michigan's on defense and all of a sudden he would signal like push up in the air or whatever. So like, it's going to be a pass and all the guys around him would signal it out to like all the players. And all of a sudden, amazingly the defense for Michigan would all wait for the screen pass that was coming. None of them bit on the fake. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. And then beat just this week, there was footage of a game between Central Michigan, who Michigan doesn't play, but Michigan State. And on the sideline is a guy in Central Michigan gear with a uh, sideline pass lanyard that looks an awful lot like Connor Stallions. And the really odd thing is he's wearing sunglasses. And the game was played at like 8 o'clock at night. And if you watch and freeze frame it at a couple different times, you can see a little blue dot on the edge of his sunglasses where it looks like there's a camera. You're kidding me. Dead serious. So he has since resigned. And uh, it's as big. It's a big giant scandal. Wow. How long has this shit been going on? Well, they figure that they've got tickets for at least two or three seasons from that Connor Stallions because he'd buy them in his name and then transfer them to people. And ESPN actually interviewed one of the people that he supposedly transferred him to. And the guy said, yeah, he paid me like 200 bucks to go to the game and record it for him. Wow. Yeah. So beach this week, Michigan president Santa Ono urged big 10 commissioner Tony Petiti to respect due process and the ongoing NCAA investigation into the football program as Petiti moles potential discipline for the Wolverines for alleged off-campus scouting and signal stealing, according to a letter obtained by ESPN on Saturday. Now, Ono, Ono emailed Petiti on Thursday night in advance of their meeting on Friday in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where Petiti was attending the Big Ten field hockey tournament. Petiti and Ono discussed the allegations against Michigan, as well as the information Petiti has obtained from the NCAA, according to sources. Now, in the email, Ono noted that no program would want to be in Michigan's position and that he is, quote, deeply concerned about the allegations, adding that the school is, quote, committed to ethics, integrity, and fair play. But Ono encouraged Petiti to let the NCAA's investigative process play out before imposing discipline 
which other Big Ten coaches and athletic directors have encouraged Petiti to do. Now, the Ono shared the email with other Big Ten presidents and chancellors. Now, Beach, under the Big Ten sportsmanship policy, Petiti has the authority to investigate and impose discipline independent of the NCAA's drawn-out investigative and infractions process, which likely would extend well after the end of the 2023 season. So, Beach, once the NCAA comes with the findings, Michigan mm-hmm. would likely have 90 days to respond. Right? And 90 days from now, if they came out with it tomorrow, mm-hmm. you're talking in February, everything's over. Mm-hmm. So... The Big Ten has a sportsmanship rule that if they deem it, if the commissioner deems it egregious enough, he can impose a penalty himself. But the NCAA, so they could be penalized on both sides? Yes. And the NCAA could take that into account, too, when they're, mm-hmm. if they impose a penalty themselves. And it's funny, Beach, so the other day they had a, a coaches meeting of, with the, uh, every, all the coaches in the conference. And so the meeting was about over and they told Harbaugh, you need to hang up because we're going to talk about you now. And all the other coaches were pissed. Because stealing signs in game is legal. Mm -hmm. Right. If you want to sit there on the sideline, try to see what they're doing. And that is legal. That is not illegal. But scouting the signals in advance and recording them to try and figure out what they're calling is illegal. Well, and that, you know, what's always surprised me is when you watch some games on TV and you'll see, uh, you'll see the, uh, the head coach put stuff in front of his face. Yeah. You know, cover up their mouth. That, so you can't read their mouth. Yeah. Con- and I'm thinking, is it really that intense that they have to do that, that people are going to be lip reading and shit. But I mean, if this is how dirty it's getting, that they're actually hiring people to film stuff and, and, and have cameras hidden behind uh, sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I guess it, it's funny. I maybe me being more of a simpleton on this kind of stuff. I, I just, I guess when money is involved, people will do desperate things. Uh, to me, it's a game well, and it's meant to see who's the better team. And it should be done with both teams having the same access. Yeah. But, you know. but you also believe in fair play. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, with, with Harbaugh, he was considered a pretty good coach, but he couldn't win the big game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now, right now they're undefeated and ranked number one. So, so, well, they could, so if they win the national championship, that would be awesome if they did, uh, because then it's going to be a massive shit show. Yeah. Well, beach Michigan coach, Jim Harbaugh said, Ono's public support this week is quote, deeply appreciated. During a news conference Saturday night following his team's 41-13 win over Purdue, Athletic Director Ward Manuel declined to answer questions Saturday night about the investigation or whether he met with Petiti during the commissioner's visit to Ann Arbor. I have nothing to say, Manuel said. Now, Harbaugh declined to answer questions about a potential punishment for the Big Ten. He said he felt that his players were motivated by any doubts about how Michigan's alleged cheating might have helped the number three ranked Wolverines win back-to-back Big Ten titles and start the current season 9-0. and and I just think it's hilarious. Hmm. Cheaters, freaking cheaters. Yeah. So cool. So 
Jim Harbaugh and the entire Michigan football program for being a bunch of cheaters. You get this week's. Jackass of the week. There you go. Just uh, just killed me when I read that. All right, Beach, it's now time for the musical interlude. Ooh. So it is up to you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so uh, this song is not an ordinary one for, for most of you. <clears throat> so uh, when, when I was a kid, um, I think I was in junior high, maybe elementary school towards the end. Mom had a Don Williams greatest hits tape. Do you recall oh, this, Billy? She had a Don Williams greatest hits uh, eight track. Was it? I don't think it was eight track. I think it was. A she had some tape. Don Williams on eight track too. Okay, so I can remember um, listening to it in the Pontiac. Yeah, so so this was probably my favorite song off of uh, off of her one her cassette tape too, because I remember listening to it in her safari van. Yeah, there back you go. In the so. Uh, this song was released in 1980, and it was only number one for a week. Uh, it was written by Bob McDill and uh, perfectly sung by Don Williams. Uh, the song is Good Old Boys Like Me. Um, Good Old Boys Like Me is uh, much more interesting and nuanced than your standard I'm Proud to Be a Country Boy anthem. Um, it wrestles with uh, kind of the complicated legacy of the American South and how we're the product of our roots, no matter how far we travel away from them. The way he writes this song uh, talks about kind of um, how you can kind of uh, appreciate your past while you can also kind of question it a little bit. When he goes into it, one of the, one of the uh, lines says, when I was a kid, Uncle Remus would put, us to, would put me to bed with a picture of Stonewall Jackson above my head. Then Daddy come in, came in to kiss his little man with gin on his breath and a Bible in his hand. He talked about honor and things I should know. Then he staggered a little as he went out the door. Uh, its message is this. Um, this is who they are, uh, and this is who I am. I guess we're all going to be what we're going to be. So what do you do with good old boys like me? Don Williams sadly passed away on September 8th, 2017. Uh, unfortunately not to a lot of fanfare cause I just don't think he was, uh, that well recognized outside of the, the, the classic seventies and eighties country music realm. But, uh, I truly appreciate his voice, amazing voice. And, uh, hopefully you guys will like this song as well. When I was a kid, Uncle Remus had put me to bed With a picture of Stonewall Jackson above my head Then Daddy came in to kiss his little man With gin on his breath and a Bible in his hand he talked about honor and things I should know Then he'd stagger a little as he went out the door I can still hear the soft southern winds in the live old trees And those were Williams boys, they still mean a lot to me Hank in Tennessee I guess we're all gonna be what we're gonna be 
Nothing makes a sound in the night like the wind does But you ain't afraid if you're washed in the blood like I was the Smell of cave jasmine through the window screen John R. and the Wolfman kept me company By the light of the radio by my bed With Thomas Wolfe whispering in my head I can still hear the soft southern winds in the live old trees And those Williams boys, they still mean a lot to me Hank in Tennessee I guess we're all gonna be what we're gonna be So what do you do with good old boys like me? When I was in school I ran with a kid down the street Watched him burn himself up on bourbon and speed But I was smarter than most and I could choose Learn to talk like the man on the six o'clock news When I was eighteen, Lord, I hit the road But it really doesn't matter how far I go I can still hear the soft southern winds in the live old trees And those Williams boys, they still mean a lot to me Hank in Tennessee, I guess we're all gonna be what we're gonna be Thanks. You know, it, it, it just reminds that that song. It's a great song. And it just reminds me of me being a kid and growing up and, and uh, you know, my memories as, as a kid with mom and dad and all that. So, yeah, well, you know. I, I like kind of the the, the, the what the songs kind of talk about and the dichotomy of stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, I, I always feel like a dichotomy. Mm-hmm. I love I love football. And all that comes with it. And I like Broadway musicals. Absolutely. Go figure. <laughs> well, you know? You, you know, well, well, the other thing too, I, I really struggled with picking a song this week and not, not that I had trouble finding a song. It was trying to find the song I wanted. Cause I'm like, how many more weeks of this do we have with this theme? And I've got like probably, you know, because you can always go to the mainstream ones that we have, you know, you have this song, this song, this song. I mean, I think you and I could probably go through a list of five or six really easy mm-hmm. that would say this would fit. But, you know, sometimes with the fact that we've got our audience here of the 11 people that we get to talk to every week, um, 
that we can maybe bring on something that maybe they haven't heard before. And then they listen yeah. to it and they're like, going, wow, that was, that was a good song. That's, that's something different. Yeah. And, you know, and I think you and I both have a very eclectic, you know, well, kind of like, just like you said, Broadway musicals and football, um, you know, I can watch any kind of movie and I can listen to a ton of music, you yeah. know? Uh, I mean, earlier today I happened to catch some Eminem and I'm like, wow, this is a pretty decent Eminem song that I was listening to. Um, I've been listening to some Ice Cube lately, mainly because I've been eating my tacos and, you know, it was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have to shoot your AK. And damn right. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I, uh, you know, but then I can listen to Don Williams and I can get on my Van Halen and then I can do some Led Zeppelin and then I could do some Kid Rock and then I could do some Hamilton, even though you don't like Hamilton. I freaking love Hamilton. I think it's I've just never seen it. I've so, never seen Hamilton. And there's a part well, of me that just refuses because so many I, I people will, are like, oh, Hamilton, Hamilton. I'm like, screw that. Yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my, my first thing with Hamilton, uh, Dunny burned me a CD and she's like, you should listen to this. It's great music. And I put it in and I couldn't get into it. I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Well, then when you watch the, the musical and the whole story of Hamilton is being played out with these, these beautiful arrangements and, um, and actually, that, that was one of the songs. There's one song on the Hamilton uh, soundtrack that I kind of want to pick uh, for our um, for for our song of the you know our musical interlude. Um, I don't want to give it away, but it, there's a there's a moment where Hamilton is is talking, and uh, it's it's it, it's I know it it just it, it has like a um, it's like a conversation. And it's, it's a great little conversation they have. So he's talking and it's like a conversation, but it's done as a song. Okay. Yeah. That was about as clear as that bitch from U of O, wasn't it? I don't know how th- it's scary because they're voting and they don't know how the election's going to turn out. You think, <laughs> you, know, you know, and I love it. How like, she's like, she's like, um, and you notice how they have to insert in the article. She uses pronouns of she and they, I know. She is she a fat one? Is that why she's a they? She's more than one. <laughs> There's several of them there. Her consumed twin. <laughs> All right. Kind of like I wonder if Lemmy Kilmister from <laughs> Motorhead was a them. He had several large goiters on his face. <laughs> he did. He did. He was one ugly son of a bitch. That was there. All right. <laughs> All right, before let's get back on the rail here. Uh, okay. Let's uh, look at week number 11 in the pack. 12. Man, we're getting towards Zan Beach. Three games to go. Oh. 75% of the season's over. Uh, three games. And you know what next? This will be, You know what this week is? Well, we'll talk about that after we talk about the games. Okay. First up, Beach, we have Utah at Washington. That's a good game. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Huskies because they cheated home. Yeah. I I don't know. Washington has looked very beatable these last couple weeks. They have, but they cheated home. I'm going to take Washington. I just don't know if Utah's got the gas on offense to keep up with them. It- did Kyle write you in yet? No, he didn't. So I'll, I'll get him to write it into me and we'll just insert it. 
That sucks, uh, and, though. He put so much effort in his little, I know. In his little things. I know. Next up, Beach, we have – here's another good game. USC at Oregon. Um, I'm going to take uh, Oregon because they also cheat at home. Me too. Although, if Utah and USC are winning both these games, it would make me sort of happy. It would be awesome. Because that would just mean chaos. Oh. Chaos. I love chaos. <laughs> Chaos is such a good thing. Well, how's USC going to do, though, with them firing their defensive coordinator? Yeah, well, they can't do much worse. <laughs> do, did they say who they're bringing in to replace him? No, they, I, I didn't read that. My, my thing with that is Oregon, to me, right now, is probably playing the best in the Pac-12 bar none. I, I would agree with that. Nix yeah. is playing within himself. They're firing in all cylinders. You know, they're keeping mistakes to a minimum. I still don't think they're unbeatable, mm-hmm. but I think they're very good. Yeah, I would agree. So, all right. Next up, we've got Arizona State at UCLA. You know, I think Bitch Tits is going to come back and win this one, so I, I give it to UCLA. Yeah, me too. I, I don't think the, the – uh, quarterback problems aside mm-hmm. i think uh utah's defense will be too much for arizona state that has their own quarterback problems mm-hmm. even worse because i think ucla is on their third string quarterback arizona state's like on their fourth string. i mean hell they got scataboo their running back playing quarterback half the time so okay next up arizona at colorado and I'm going to give it to Arizona. I, again, I think Colorado's Colorado's in a, what you'd call a rebuilding year this year. They're pondering this one. Yeah. It's at Colorado. The, it's going to be tough for those Arizonians to breathe? Uh, no, because they're actually higher than Oregon State is. Arizona's at like 2,800 feet, I think. Mm-hmm. Arizona's pretty high. Yeah, it's two, high, two, isn't it considered high plains desert or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's it's pretty high. Not as high as, as Colorado, as Boulder, but still better than most of the rest mm-hmm. of the Pac-12. Um, Colorado. Go with your gut, Billy. Go with your gut. Okay, I'm going to take Arizona. That's when you take Colorado. All right. Well, I was thinking, I think Colorado, I don't think Arizona's defense is as good. Mm-hmm. I think Colorado can score against them. Mm-hmm. But we'll wait and see. Next up, Beach, Washington State at Cal. Hmm. Hmm. I think the Cougs are going to come back. Taking Wazoo. I just don't know. I think Wazoo is a better team than Cal as long as. I don't know what the hell Wazoo is anymore. (laughs) Um. Well, just to do something different, I'm going to take Cal. They're at home. 
Mm-hmm. Quazoo's in a free fall. Mm-hmm. And beans, the last game that we're not going to pick, Stanford at Oregon State. Hold on, you picked Wazoo, Billy? I took Cal, you took Wazoo. Cal, okay, all right. I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. I just did it to do something different. Okay, all right. And this week is Sausage Fest, Billy. Yes, Sausage Fest 2023. I was trying to count. Is this like our... So the first one was 07. Is this 16 or 17 years? Something like that. You there? 18, 19, 20, 21, 23, 17 years. 17 years. So uh, these are the Evergood sausages that are actually served uh, at Cal Games, and they're made right at the base of the Bay Bridge in in san francisco and uh we get them and use them up here we used to get them shipped up but now we're able to acquire them a little more easily on our own and we actually bought some when we went down to the uh the san jose state game yes yeah and we went down there and got them there yeah and normal you, you, what oh i was gonna say you and i and you and jess have taken the trek down to uh, uh grants pass to pick them up before too yep yep um, and I've driven. I've always. I've also driven all the way to San Francisco to pick them up. Occasionally, you'll find them in the Costco's, but usually not the total selection. I think that we get. Usually at Costco, you just get the uh, Louisiana hot links. Yeah, 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 and we get hot links, garlic, pineapple, and was there another kind of brat? This week or this time, I think we've got brat. We've got Polish. I've even got some um, Frankfurters. Mm-hmm. I think we've got a mild. I think we've got an English banger. We got all sorts of different flavors. The one do, I've do always have, wanted. What? Do we have sticks to put them on in case somebody wants to have sausage on a stick? Yeah, I actually do. Yeah, let's. I do have sausages. I do have sticks. Okay. Yeah, so if people want it on a stick, we can do it on a stick. Um, I've got buns. I, we've got more of that beer cheese sausage I thought would be great. Oh, so good. Yeah, we've got onions and peppers. Um, also have just diced onions, all sorts of mustards. And for you weird people that like ketchup, there's ketchup. Also mm-hmm. have some shredded cheese. Um, do we want any sauerkraut? I don't know. That's your call, Billy. I, I do like sauerkraut. I don't know how much I like American sauerkraut. I like German sauerkraut I better. I understand that. But do we want sauerkraut for the sausages? Do you think the audience would like that? We don't usually go through that much of it. And so I was just thinking of just saying, screw it. You know, I, I don't think anybody would miss it if we don't have it. Yeah. That's kind of where I was. You know what? So, we should ask dad. Yeah. We'll ask dad, make dad be the arbiter of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got more pretzels. You're going to be baking off. Mm-hmm, which will go great with sausages. Yep. And we also have uh, all the normal deep fried stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want me to bring out? Now the kickoff is two oh. thirty, so we'll be going. I was thinking about bringing out a box of frozen halibut. Okay, yeah, you said you've got so some. We can deep fry. You got some breaded halibut to deep fry. I did get some yeah, tartar sauce for can, that. Yeah, anybody who doesn't want the sausage, they can have some halibut. Yep. And I was yeah. just gonna beer bath the sausage and then finish them up on the grill. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Okay. Um, anything else you can think of? I'm good, Billy. I think this is going to be simple and good. Yeah, I figure we'll start getting food ready about 10:30, and okay. we'll go till 1:30.
Okay. Sound good? Yeah, sounds perfect. Um, anything else that we need to talk about? I don't think so. Other than I hope we can uh, hope we have a great uh, hope we have a great game. I hope the Beavers play well. Hope defense shows up. I hope offense shows up, and hope we leave no doubt on on who's the the best team uh, playing at research. Yep, and just need to finish out these last three games as strong as we can, and it starts starts this Saturday. Mm-hmm. You can't win. You can't win out unless you win the first one. Right. So what? What? Uh, going back to uh, the the um, when does Utah play Washington? What time? Oh, uh, let me look. Here I gotta go back to ESPN. You gonna be able to watch a game? Uh, well, let's see here. Pac-12 schedule. Okay, so why? Uh, uh, that's the wrong week. So the. Arizona Colorado games on at 11 Utah Washington at 1230. Okay. So we'll be able to watch a little bit of it on Fox mm-hmm. and then Washington state at Cal is on at one. Are we able to get Fox on the box? I don't know. Might have to look at that. Okay. Let's do a little bit of, review on that one so we don't get caught and get screwed like last time and if worse comes to worse i'll bring out my my cable so you can run it off a phone or a tablet perfect so if nothing else we can hook it up that way your usb-c to a a, to a hdmi HDMI. yeah yeah so okay all right anything else beach i got nothing billy all right well I want to thank everyone to listening to show number 210 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a couple ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, HeinrichTailgator on X, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you catch podcasts. Leave a rating and review. Beach. LA. Looking forward to Sausage Fest this week. I know you are. <laughs> Should be a good one. Should be a good one. I like Sausage Fest because we don't have to work as hard. Well, I'm still deep frying like a son of a well, gun. And I'm still, I'm still, still to make churros and everything. And, and, and I didn't buy any churros. Okay, well, I'm going to be having to churros? cook up uh, pretzels. Dude, no, it's okay. Some, I can totally get churros. No, pretzels are good enough. I, mean, I can buy churros. Yeah, we're short. What's a short tail game? Everybody loves churros. They do like churros. You can cook churros. Yeah, but I'd rather do pretzels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well... Until next week, here's a great big Go Beavs. recording that's always a good thing
getting this lovely audio. How it goes? Sorry you didn't win any money. Dude, you know, it's just like, it's like this is the way the world works for me. Mm-hmm. Like, absolute crap luck. <clears throat> like, can't you just freaking win by the spread? You were there. Yeah. Hey, Gunner. Gunner. Let's keep it down. <laughs> okay. What's he doing? Just being loud out there. I don't know if the if my microphone will pick it up, but I can hear it through my noise canceling headphones. So mm. they're they're over there eating dinner. So, <clears throat> but I was out there talking to him, and I'm not hungry. We went to Roger that for lunch, so I'm mm. all I'm all full of pulled pork and brisket, so I, I didn't need anything else. Nice. <clears throat> Went and saw five five nights at Freddy's. What'd you think of that? Like Peyton said, it was actually pretty good until the third act, and then it just got stupid. And that was kind of perfect for what that movie needed to be. The um, there was uh, two cameos: the what taxi driver and the waiter. Yeah. That when we were watching, I was like. <gasps> And yeah. like, and I had to lean over to this strange dude next to me, and I'm like, right, he was sitting next to Dunny, and I'm like, who are those two dudes? Mm-hmm. After the movie was over, well, and he's like, oh, one one writes a, a a blog or something. He blogs about Five Nights at Freddy's and yeah. and does a lot on it. And I don't know, but I think the other guy was something similar. So the the the, the taxi driver was a, a YouTuber, mm-hmm. and then yeah, the the waiter at the diner, Peyton was explaining to me. Yeah, it does a lot of stuff with Five Nights at Freddy's and probably really helped bring on the lore that's been associated mm-hmm. with it, like all the backstory to it. And I guess yeah. even his name in the his name on his name tag is a little bit of a rip on him. Oh, really? For yeah, for his I think it was like Ness. I don't I don't ex- Peyton was explaining it to me and I was like, oh, okay, and I was like, all right, all right whatever. <laughs> but uh, so, but uh, yeah. I thought it was but it was silly, I, I, perfect. I, I called it right at the beginning, though. Oh yeah, as soon as they showed Matthew Lillard. Well, as yeah. soon as he goes, "What's the last name?" I'm like, I looked at Denny, I'm like, he's the bad guy. Yeah. So. Yep. So. I went and saw the 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 death one after death one. How was and, that? And I shoot you not, Denny's like, it was really good. I'm like, I walk in on the last 15 minutes. This Japanese girl takes a kitty statue and stabs a lava monster with it while this fucking dog that looks like straight out of the never ender story is flying around while this other dude who looks like Michael Jackson. I don't know what the hell he was doing. I'm like, it was the oh, thing. You spill your drink. Yeah, I spill my water all over the place. Hold on. Hold on a second. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you really shitting in my cereal tonight, didn't you? So hold on, dude. I can hear you. What was I telling you about? Now we're back on. What was I telling you about before we before you dropped the water? Oh, the crazy uh the crazy uh movie you went and saw. Oh, 
Yeah. So, and so then after we get introduced to the crazy Michael Jackson looking dude and she kills a lava monster, then she, uh, she goes and finds a small little girl who she's calling at her own name. And it was herself as a younger girl. And, and then she's like asking herself in the, the younger girls asking herself if she was her mom. So anyways, really screwy. But the intriguing thing was it was actually set after the big tsunami. So the the animation that I was looking at, they showed all these buried houses under dirt and stuff. And and so was Dunny's it good? Like, yeah. Uh well again, Dunny thinks it was. I think it was a freaking shit show, but you know, she likes those weird things. It was great. I'm like, nah, it was, ah, it was I know. Kind of... she's she's kinda yeah. got she tangs up with you. Well, she just uh, an, you know, I've never seen any anime movie that has made any kind of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's like watching the introduction to any Super Mario Brothers, you know, long storyline from Nintendo. Like Princess Peach with this, this and this and this and this and this. You have to draw this much backstory. Yeah, you're really stretching. So anyway. But uh but the, the ice cream was interesting. Well that's good. Where did yeah, you where was that from? Was that from is Baskin Robbins is okay. the flavor of the month. So they're trying to take on uh, Salt and Straw. I yeah, I think they're just trying to experiment. Yeah, you know, which, well, because hey, there's a lot of those artists and places popping up. Yeah, so they had uh, last last month was uh, uh, pump uh, something shook donuts. Was it pumpkin spice donuts or something like that? Mm. Some some kind of sugar donut. And then this one here was Thanksgiving dinner. So you, I couldn't taste any sweet potato, but there, you know, you could taste the pumpkin and the, and kind of the can- cranberry swirl. And then there was little bits of cornbread in there, which normally I'm not a fan of cornbread because it's dry, but when you mix it around with ice cream, it's not too bad. Oh shit. I'm what? Gonna have to, I'm going to have to edit this part out. Cause I didn't do one game. I, I'm now looking at what I wrote down, and I didn't do one of the games. So hold on just a second here. Shit. What? Rollers. Rollers. Yep. Shit. No, it's nope. Yup. Shit. Shit. What? Rollers. Nope. Yup. Shit. <laughs> if anyone hearing that knows what we're talking about, <laughs> you need to go watch a great movie called The Blues Brothers. It probably got Kamats. It's probably got what? Kamats? Kamats? Yeah. Kamats, yeah. State, municipal. can't remember what the rest of it was. Okay, hold on here. Almost put Bucky. How can Kyle not come up with with his picks by now? You know, he's got one job. One job. I think it's awesome that uh, the U of O, I mean, Eugene is now, they're unionizing, they're doing drugs, uh, they're, they're embracing homelessness. What was the one the other day? What was the one I brought up the other day? I mean... It's it's like the whole place is going. It, it, it's just like it, it's 
it's just falling apart. Yeah. Uh, the um, uh, anyway, it uh, I like beer. <laughs> <laughs>